Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. dismantle the uh, foundations of an independent Muslim community. At the time of this episode's release, the outcome of the French presidential election has yet to be announced. It is likely the incumbent Emmanuel Macron will come back to office, once again defeating his hard-right rival Marine Le Pen. Many Muslims may breathe a sigh of relief, Le Pen stands out as a viscerally anti-Muslim candidate in a country where it's hard to find any moderate voices. But in many ways, Macron's return to power is meaningless for the Muslim community in France. For all the cause of greater political participation, the choice for many is between one form of Islamophobia over another. Today, my guest, Rayan Freshke, a legal expert and researcher for Cage UK, has recently authored a disturbing report on the French government's policy of systematic obstruction of the Muslim community. He uncovers how the French state under Macron has targeted peaceful Muslims, shut down mosques, closed charities, hounded Islamic schools and made it impossible for civil society to operate independently from the state. His report, found in the show notes, makes a chilling read. Rayan tells me that the French state is shutting down Islam in France. 
we talk about how this systematic obstruction of Macron has manifested and the consequence for Europe's largest Muslim community. Now, Rian, it's great to have you with us. And uh, I've uh, been reading through your report that you published for Kate UK, and I advise all my listeners to to read the findings of your report because I think it makes a chilling read. Uh, but I want to start, before we talk about systematic obstruction, I think uh, this is what you call the French policy uh, towards the Muslim community. I want to first ask about why. Why is the French state uh, so harsh against Muslims in France? I mean, you know, from the outside, we, the impression we get is that the French state is observes uh, a politicization of the Muslim community. Muslims in France want to live separate lives. Uh, Muslims are calling for, I don't know, some form of sharia in in their public life. Uh, Muslims are disobedient to uh, the uh, the laws of, of French society. I mean, the, the impression we get is that there is a, uh, there's something going on in the Muslim community that the French state is trying to react to. Um, what are the demands of the Muslims in France that have provoked the French state to act in the way it has? The, the, the specific demands that you are highlighting do not really exist. Like there's no political party, uh, there's no Muslim political party, or even outside of a political party, uh, there's no uh, uh, shared and generic demand from Muslims uh, 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 according to which Sharia should be implemented in, in the entire territory or that kind of stuff. That doesn't even exist. The point is, uh, again, Islamism is nothing to, to, the, to the eyes of the state and to the eyes of basically the entire uh, uh, political spectrum is nothing but the orthodox practice of Islam. So uh, it becomes political. The, the, the argument that they're going to use is, well, hijab, is you're wearing hijab because of your faith, right? Okay, fair. And hijabs can be seen in the public sphere. So because it's in the public sphere, it's political, meaning that hijab is political, so it's a form of political Islam. So that's the link that they are basically uh, establishing. And this is how uh, political Islam in the end, or Islamism, uh, uh, only describes uh, the uh, uh, normal practice of uh, uh, basic Islamic beliefs. I mean, we're not even talking about very deep stuff. This is just a, a very common Islamic uh, Islamic practice. We can talk about hijab, but prayer as well. Uh, we went as far, I mean, they went as far as identifying a deeper religious practice during Ramadan as a form of radicalization, a weak signal of radicalization. So it's, it's very clear that they're just, they're basically targeting Islam. These kind of demands do not, uh, uh, these kind of political demands do not exist in the community because even though we were mentioning that uh, our understanding of the deen has deepened, uh, it's not that deep. <laughs> it's not still that uh, shared. We still are a community that is, uh, very much secularized, maybe the most secularized Muslim community in the West. And 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 by the way, even if you're not secularized, uh, I'm not sure there's uh, uh, any uh, point in demanding uh, uh, the implementation of Sharia to people who are not Muslim. By the way, this is not how this is not what Islam commands. That, that, that's very interesting. So it's really just day-to-day -day Islamic practice, which is now. Uh, which is regarded as being uh, signs of political Islam or Islamism. 
and that's what the French state is is trying to uh, trying to snuff out, trying to eradicate. Right. Um, so let's talk about what the French state has been up to in the last few years. Now we hear little bits of information from time to time. You know, we hear about the closure of mosques. We hear about the stipulation that um, children need to be. Uh, need to be put onto a register and, and home education is almost impossible now to achieve. Uh, we, we hear about Muslim organizations and charities that have been uh, shut down. But I suppose we, we hear about this from time to time. Maybe it comes up on our social media feed. But uh, can you bring it together? What's happened to the Muslim community in France uh, over the last uh, few years? Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ahri, for, for bringing that up because this is the this is the main point of the report. The main point of the report is to highlight how these different events, the closure of the mosque, uh, the uh, 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 adoption of the anti-separatism law, the one which basically made house education almost impossible for Muslims, actually impossible for Muslims, uh, uh, the closure of Baraka City, a charity, the closure of the CCIF, which was an independent uh, a Muslim human rights organization, they are not uh, an independent event. They are actually uh, uh, connected to each other. And the link is the uh, uh, systematic obstruction policy, this official policy that was uh, started by the French uh, state, by the French government in February 2018. This is absolutely essential to understand that. It's a system, it's a policy that has been uh, willfully created, crafted and established by, uh, by the government. And actually what's uh, kind of shocking is that it started in February 2018 at the request of Emmanuel Macron and it remained completely secret until November 2019. So basically for a year and a half, the state is running a policy, an official policy with very specific guidelines for, an, for, an, for a year and a half, and it's completely secret. No one knows a thing about it. You discover that in November 2019. And what you discover is that the policy has been established in, 20, in, uh, sorry, in 15 areas. We don't know which one, by the way, to this day, we still don't know which areas. And we know that uh, uh, thousands of inspections, thousands of controls have been, uh, 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 have been led, closures have been announced, millions of euros have been seized, and you discover that now they believe that the policy is quite efficient and that it's going to be uh, implemented in the entire national territory. So after a year and a half of being completely secret, it becomes public, and that's when you realize that it's going to be implemented everywhere. And what's the aim of this systematic obstruction policy? The policy main aim is to uh, completely dismantle the uh, foundations of an independent Muslim community. So how do you do that? Uh, you forcefully close down mosques, Islamic schools, but also businesses that are run by Muslims. When I say businesses, I mean restaurants, whatever, anything that is run by a Muslim. Uh, you're going to seize some money. You're going to organize controls, I mean, inspections of mosques, Islamic schools, businesses, and so on, uh, uh, because you want to harass 
the community. So even though you can't, if for some reason you don't find some uh, minor legal transgression that could lead to a closure, at the very least, you are psychologically harassing and indeed persecuting the entire community to make sure that they understand that they are not welcomed and that they are not going to be able to establish themselves as an autonomous and independent and prosperous Muslim community. That's just not possible. And uh, uh, the numbers are quite shocking. We're talking about almost 25,000 controls in the last four years. We're talking about more than 700 closures in the last four years. And we're talking about 46 million euros that, are, that were seized, actually, I should say, stolen, extorted by the state. But, but on what, what pretext? I mean, you're confiscating money from Muslim businesses and closing down Muslim businesses. What what law provides uh, that level of uh, of um, of power to the state to just uh, randomly to 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 arbitrarily close down these businesses. What's interesting is that, and that's the that's one of the key points of the systematic obstruction policy. Uh, it doesn't exclusively rely on anti-terror laws, right? Because it's something very specific. It's difficult to implement. It's difficult to apply. Uh, we were mentioning the fact that in 2019, we discovered the existence of the policy. And when we discovered it, uh, uh, the functioning, the mechanics of the policy were also unveiled. And this is when the, uh, uh, the late minister of the interior, Castaner, said, uh, uh, all options are to be used in order to close down or harass these organizations, these uh, businesses, and so on and so forth. Meaning any kind of legislation can be used in order to justify a closure. Meaning it's basically, a, 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 it's a form of Al Capone uh, uh, <laughs> uh, governance, meaning- Get them by any means. By any means, exactly. Right. Uh, the right. anti-terror system is too specific, it's very difficult to implement, but you can use, uh, 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 I don't know, security norms. You can use that as well. You can use uh, 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 hygiene norms as well. Let's use that. If you see the slightest uh, uh, transgression, which normally is not met with a closure, by the way, but if you see the slightest the slightest infringement, you can close down basically anything. And that's what's happening. So, right so schools have been shut down. I mean, give me an example of a transgression that led to the closure of a school, for example. Uh, for example, a school, uh, I recall um, a school, a high school in Paris, and it was in a, uh, in a building, in a venue, and uh, the, the building actually uh, hosted different uh, uh, organizations. There was a Muslim organization and other organizations that were not Muslim. And there's that school, and there's a control. 15, 15 administrative control, uh, controllers come to the school, and they identify that there may be a transgression on security norms. And I can't recall specifically which one of it it was. But basically, the idea was the venue is the building is hosting different organizations. So if there's a transgression of that specific norm, then all organizations should be actually sanctioned. But the only one who was sanctioned was 
the Muslim high school, which was not only closed down, but actually had to leave the building. And the very same building hosted a few months after a Jewish school. And no, uh, uh, no, uh, uh, how do you call it? No work. I mean, the, the, if there was a transgression, really, then no other school could have been opened, right? But that, but that still happened because the main point was to make sure that the Muslim high school could, uh, could basically leave the building. That, that's interesting. So, uh, this systematic uh, obstruction policy uh, was was, uh, as you said, was was first. Uh, developed by the government in 2018, and over a number of years, uh, they rolled out uh, this. I mean, the figures you you, you cite are, are just extraordinary in terms of closures and, and amount of money that's, that have been uh, confiscated. Isn't there a recourse to law here? I mean, surely, you know, if, if the state overreaches, there are processes and procedures, you know, judicial review processes where one can uh, question the state and remedy that error. Has that been tried by the Muslim community? It was tried, uh, 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 especially when uh, some organizations were dissolved. But the thing is, because it's, again, because of the Islamophobic consensus, because uh, even some key, uh, uh, the key uh, Supreme Court in France, the Conseil d'État, uh, actually validated every dissolutions with no with no issues, and they even said they even stated back in 2018 that uh, uh, laicity should be reformed, should be even more stringent because, and I'm quoting them, uh, 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 the law of 1905, which is the first law on laicity, uh, did not uh, uh, is basically could not be applied anymore because the uh, social issues that France was facing in 1905 are not the same issues that we that they are facing right now. Basically, 1905, no Muslims in the French uh, metropolitan area, but, now, but nowadays there are some, they are practicing, so they believe that laicity should be reformed, and in the end the reform was nothing but the anti-separatism law. So the, basically, the administrative supreme court in France uh, actually believes <laughs> and uh, adopts the same narrative as the state in the end. So uh, that says a lot about the fact that even though I believe that obviously we should try our best to uh, uh, protect our rights in courts, it's, 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 very, uh, it's, it's very unlikely uh, that this route is going to be efficient, very unlikely. And, and tell me about, you, you mentioned uh, two organizations, very big organizations, Baraka City and CCIF, and uh, they were shut down in late 2020, I believe. Um, what was behind the closure of these organizations? Why did the state um, go to that level? Well, uh, what actually triggered uh, the dissolutions and such a radical stance from the from the state, uh, 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 according to them, is the murder of Samuel Paty, who was a, a professor who was killed uh, 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 in uh, uh, late 2020 uh, because he showed some uh, 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 blasphemous cartoons of the Prophet Salorism. So right after that event, uh, uh, let's say that the, the state adopted a uh, stance that was 
even more radical, even more radical. Uh, and that actually, uh, they used that event in order to justify uh, the closure of the CCIF. And even if the uh, legal justifications were quite different, that's basically what uh, they used in order to justify the closure of Baraka City as well. Uh, uh, again, there were no connections between the murder and these organizations, obviously, but it was just a way uh, uh, for them to, uh, again, explain that uh, from Islamism to uh, 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 violence, there is a direct connection. So this is Yayef, uh, Baraka City, we're talking about practicing Muslims, Muslims who try to influence uh, uh, the social sphere of life, even if, even if it's in a different uh, uh, kind of way, but they are still trying to influence uh, uh, social French life because of their faith. Well, that's called Islamism, and Islamism, in the end, at some point, is going to lead to some form of violence. So they should be shut down. It's a form of, uh, it's basically prevent, but in a way more, uh, uh, in an even more radical way. So that's uh, that's how they. Uh, that's how they justified the dissolution. And uh, you mentioned the anti-separatism law, which is now, uh, I think, in 21, uh, it became law in, in France. Um, can you explain this law to us and, and why the, the, the French government? I mean, you know, since 2018, as you've described, they've had the ability to close down, to systematically obstruct uh, Muslim groups. So why this additional law, uh, the anti-separatism law, which we all now know about in, in, in very general terms, but if you can explain the details of it. The main point is that the anti-separatism law, as you mentioned, was adopted in 2021. Uh, the systematic obstruction uh, was established and was being implemented uh, since 2018. And the main idea, as we said, is that you can use any kind of legislation, anything that allows you to uh, justify your control and inspection, and in the end, a closure can be used. So the main point of the anti-separatism law is to actually make sure that uh, uh, the administration basically has even more powers, even more tools. And when I say more, I really mean uh, from a purely numerical standpoint, uh, how can I justify to control a, a school, for example? Well, uh, before the anti-separatism law, you may have, let's say, five different legal dispositions that should be that should be met by the school. After the separatism law, it's not five anymore; it's seven. So I can go into the details of it, but it, it but it's not even the point. The main point is to make sure that now the administration has even more tools, even more actually weapons, in order to close down these institutions. Because the main point is that the uh, entire legislation has been weaponized by the state. It's actually a weapon that they're going to use uh, uh, arbitrarily in order to make sure that, uh, yeah, that they're going to uh, meet their goals. And the goals are the controls, the closures, and the euros that they're trying to seize. So that's the main thing about the anti-separatism law. And that's, that, I believe, is the uh, overarching spirit of 
any kind of legal reform that the state is going to adopt from now on, when obviously legal reforms that have some kind of influence on uh, 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 Muslim human rights. The main point is to make sure that we have more weapons. And what's actually terrifying is uh, uh, I recall that the day it was voted, a uh, uh, a centrist, uh, uh, how do you say, yeah, a deputy, uh, basically a, a member of parliament, actually said, well, I'm going to vote for the adoption of the separatism law, but I still believe that it's not enough and that at some point we'll have to uh, adopt another law because I, I really believe that's not, uh, that's not enough. And we're talking about a law <laughs> that introduced 102 new legal dispositions. So it's actually a huge bill, it really is a huge one, but it's still not enough. And uh, I'm laughing, but it's, uh, it really says a lot about the complete blindness, the complete, uh, uh, I mean, it's just amazing to see that not only do they completely refuse to engage with us and discuss with us, but it's just complete, direct, full spectrum attack on us. And even when that happens, it may not be enough. So because it's not enough, let's continue again. And uh, uh, this is why sometimes uh, uh, some uh, uh, commentators exclusively focus on this anti-separatism law. I do believe that they should focus on the uh, systematic obstruction because in the end, the anti-separatism law is just a uh, yet another tool, a tool that is implemented uh, 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 in that policy, basically. I, I, want, I want to understand the motivations of the French state. Why is... Uh, why has Emmanuel Macron and, and the French political establishment decided to embark on this uh, very horrid program of, of uh, obstructing the Muslim community in the most basic aspects of their religious uh, observance? Um, you mentioned a lot in your report, uh, uh, you, you give statements from, uh, for example, the interior minister, uh, very explicitly stating that uh, we are now spreading terror. Uh, there is a, there is, um, uh, the subtext seems to be that uh, the government wants to establish fear in the Muslim community. Uh, to what end? Why are they trying to make Muslims fearful? Uh, I think there are two, yeah, I think two layers, two potential explanations. The first one is, because Islamism in the end, and they know that as well, Islamism is nothing but Islamic practice. What they believe is that there is a direct connection between Orthodox Islam and violence. So we want to avoid violence, meaning we need to erase uh, uh, Islamic beliefs, Islamic practices as much as possible. Or if we can't erase them, if you keep them, then you're going to fear us so much that you're not going to practice them uh, to the full extent, right? So that's the first kind of uh, uh, explanation. The second one is more, let's say, political. I believe that because the far right became a, a political force in the country, I do believe that Macron is also trying to seduce, or at the very least, reassure some, uh, uh, basically, the far right, basically saying, you may not vote for me, but listen, I'm... Uh, <laughs> 
I'm not that moderate. I'm not that bad. I'm still doing the job when it uh, when it uh, uh, when we're talking about Muslims. Uh, I'm still making basically what you would like to do. So uh, do not oppose me as much as uh, as you would like to, because in the end, I may be moderate with others, but with them, I'm extremely harsh. So I, I do believe that he uh, is trying to seduce some of them. And I also think that in the end, even outside of the uh, official far-right parties, uh, again, the consensus is so wide that uh, uh, we were mentioning a, a, a member of parliament that is, that's coming from the center and that believes that the anti-imperialism law is not enough. So in the end, uh, uh, his, it's not just about trying to seduce, it's just the way they are. They really believe that there is a problem with Islam and Muslims, which should be uh, uh, tackled and addressed very harshly, very radically, because, again, in their mind, uh, Islam, and I'm quoting Macron, is a religion in crisis. So it's a religion that should be, uh, they should engage with such a, with, uh, with our religion in a very, in a very deep and, in the end, very radical way. Brother Rayan, do you feel that the French state uh, is attempting to uh, to create a level of fear in the Muslim community to such a degree that it solicits a, a reform from within? Uh, the Muslim community recognise that in order to uh, live your life and and, and and achieve one's interests, uh, one you know, Islam is going to have to be reformed, pragmatically reformed, in order to be accommodated by the French state. Is the intention, in other words, to, uh, to you know, create an internal uh, reformation within the French Muslim community and their perspective on, on Islam? I think this is, a, this is an intention. I think that uh, when Macron said Islam is in crisis, uh, he was actually talking about uh, the necessity of some kind of reform uh, paralleling basically the reform uh, Christian Christianism went through in the last uh, in the last centuries. Uh, now, uh, I'm not sure it's going to trigger such. A, I mean, it's not going to trigger such reform because, as we know, it's uh, structurally impossible to reform. But for certain, it's going to push some of them to completely assimilate. That's something that is going to happen. Uh, 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 some of us, even though we're going, they're going to maintain their beliefs, uh, they're going to, uh, 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 I was about to say, dissolve some of their practices at some point, because that's the only way uh, you can avoid uh, uh, basically social death. I mean, the, the thing is, uh, okay, we're talking about the systematic obstruction, but if you put that aside, uh, we also need to take into account cultural Islamophobia that leads so many of us who have diplomas, who have, uh, 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 mashallah, great, uh, uh, great uh, competencies, uh, which actually avoid them from uh, getting some jobs, basically. So there's also that kind of the, the discrimination phenomenon, uh, which is not directly connected to a state-led policy is still very much prevalent in French society. So at some point, you're basically, if you adopt and implement and practice Islam to the full extent, it's very clear that you may face at some point a form of social death. So the, the, the equation is quite radical. So what are you going to do? 
it's it's kind of a uh, yeah it's it's almost like a challenge it's like fine you want to remain who you are okay good but there's there's no place for you in society whatsoever so what are the majority of muslims doing as you've quite rightly said the majority of muslims are not going to uh, accept this bargain to assimilate um, to such a degree that uh, they renounce aspects of Islamic practice. So, what then is the uh, is the response of the Muslim community? How are they uh, managing this um, state-sponsored uh, uh, system systematic obstruction campaign? Those who can are trying to leave the country, really, and that's actually happening. There's a great piece that was. Uh, published by the, the New York Times a few weeks ago that highlights that, uh, that phenomena. And uh, this, is going, this is something that is going to, uh, to happen. And I believe this is going to uh, uh, actually intensify in the, in the near future because as Leave to where? Of uh, uh, Muslim majority countries like uh, Turkey, for example, uh, 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 Algeria also for a lot of us, uh, basically North African countries. Uh, some of us are also leaving to uh, uh, the UK, uh, Canada as well. Uh, uh, that's basically the main countries that uh, that come to our mind. This is the first kind of reaction: people leaving. If there's no place for you here, then then just leave. Uh, but for others, uh, the situation is way more. Uh, let's say uh, I don't want to say hopeless, but uh, if you can't leave, then and you still want to maintain your deen, then you have to face some kind of uh, some kind of precarity, some kind of uh, you're going to face discrimination. You're going to face uh, uh, the social death, or at the very least, some yeah, some kind of 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 social invisibility in uh, 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 in in the current society. This really isn't a uh, obviously it's it, it's unfair. It's a form of zone, obviously, but what really uh, uh, worries me is the fact that a community, uh, let alone an individual that is uh, constantly targeted, that even when he doesn't move, he is criticized, uh, then at some point you're triggering a reaction that is way more radical because if uh, any of my moves is, is bad and I shouldn't do it, then, well, you know what, I don't have anything to lose, right? So maybe Maybe violence could be a could be an answer because, anyways, even when I'm trying to be peaceful, even when I'm trying to be, uh, let's say, quote unquote, moderate. I don't like that that wording, but you you get the the sense of what I'm trying to say. It's not working. Well, maybe something else is going to work. Then, if we can't discuss, then maybe there's another kind of uh, a relationship, another kind of uh, a dynamic uh, that could work. And that, that's basically violence. So a thing that, uh, a phenomena that we do not sufficiently analyze is the fact that uh, France is the European country that gave the more Islamic state soldiers, actually. We should ask ourselves the question, how is that possible? And the differential between the uh, uh, people who left from France with other European nations is actually massive. It's huge. How do we explain such a difference? So uh, basically, what I'm trying to what I'm trying to uh, 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 highlight here is the fact that if we continue on this route, uh, uh, the cycle of violence could is not going to stop for sure. 
is not going to stop for sure. And more violence is going to lead to even more Islamophobia, even more Islamophobic resentment, which is going to lead to even more Islamophobic policies, which are already absolutely radical, which is going to lead to even more violence at some point. So obviously we hope it's not going to happen, but the the, the key ingredients are there. I wonder if you can give me any insights into uh, Emmanuel Macron and his state of mind or his way of thinking when it comes to Islam. Um, we've known for some time that even on the international stage, Macron has um, has talked a lot about fighting Islamic extremism the world over, even when the Americans have somewhat moved on. Of course, 9-11 happened in America, but the current American uh, administration uh, is now focused on great powers, Russia, China in particular. And um, uh, there is a movement away from fighting terror. We saw that in the uh, withdrawal from Afghanistan. Yet Macron has been insistent that this is the problem. And actually, at one stage, of course, now he will hate to to uh, uh, to recognize this. But at one stage, he was calling for a uh, for a uh, to bring Russia in so that the global alliance against uh, Islamic so-called Islamic terrorism uh, would be would be comprehensive. So what's going on there? Why is Macron so obsessed? Sure. It's important to understand here the uh, strategical position of, uh, of, uh, of France, uh, internationally speaking. So uh, 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 one of the, actually, the key uh, uh, challenge that France is facing, uh, 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 internationally speaking, is what they label as, what they officially label as, uh, the strategical downgrade. Meaning, uh, uh, basically, in very uh, simple words, they're not as powerful and mighty as they were before. They're not as influential from a purely strategical standpoint as they were right after World War II, basically. And that influence has slightly uh, uh, decreased because obviously of the end of colonialism. But even though colonialism ended, it's it's obvious that France still has a very strong political influence over the majority of uh, 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 its colonial, uh, its colonies, basically. So uh, I'm of Algerian descent and we're very proud, but it's, it's kind of obvious that Algeria is still very much influenced by French policies. I could talk about Algeria, we could talk about Tunisia as well, we could talk about uh, uh, the Sahel region as well, uh, we could talk about Mali and so on and so forth, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It's very clear that basically uh, the colonies, the Muslim colonies, even though they are still influenced by France, are more and more independent. Uh, 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 France has been, uh, 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 is strongly opposing, for example, uh, uh, the Turkish state led by Erdogan because the Turkish state is more and more independent, right? And this is something that they, that is directly uh, 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 decreasing their influence internationally speaking. So more, let's say, uh, uh, independence from Muslim societies, from the ex-colonies is actually more and more, or actually less and less power, less and less influence for them. So uh, this is why I believe they are trying to uh, uh, focus their attention 
on the Muslim world. Basically, that's the Muslim world we're talking about uh, because they're trying to, they have very strong uh, 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 connections with Egypt as well. They are very much uh, backing al-Sisi against uh, 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 Morsi uh, in 2013. And that's just their, that's just their uh, uh, official uh, political and strategical stance. If we want to, re to remain basically uh, uh, relevant and powerful, we cannot afford an independent and powerful Muslim world. That cannot happen. Uh, they are not as strong as the US, who may not have the same kind of uh, uh, obsessional focus on the Muslim world, even though they have. But France is not as mighty and as powerful. So if the Muslim world truly becomes independent, and we know what it means, then France is just a is not a mighty nation, is not a supreme nation. It's a European nation, just like Italy, just like Spain. It doesn't have such a it doesn't have any more and won't have any more such a strong world over the, the destiny of the world. Basically. And turning to the domestic political situation, elections are coming up. And uh, we hear a lot about uh, Marine Le Pen, but of course, Eric Zemmour has now uh, become uh, a viral story on, on the internet. He's vying for um, that right-leaning uh, vote in, in France, which seems to be a very substantial vote uh, in, in French politics. Um, now, I know that the electoral system is, is, is uh, somewhat different to you know, the, uh, the British electoral system or even the American system. So how likely is it that someone like Eric Zemmour or Marine Le Pen, who, of course, in grades, you know, they are all Islamophobic, but these, um, you know, uh, these individuals would be, would be far more vociferous in, in, in even uh, the, the very few things that the French state allow. For example, I understand that Eric Zemmour has talked about banning the hijab in, in the streets. Um, how likely is it that candidates like these would uh, would break through and, and form the presidency? Well, for the current, for the, I mean, the, the, the presidential election that is coming up, uh, I still don't see, I don't see someone like Zemmour or Le Pen uh, winning in the end, because if you add up, uh, as you mentioned uh, clearly, uh, uh, the far right uh, electorate is quite huge. We're basically talking about 30% of the electorate. And if you add uh, to that specific electorate, the uh, right leaning, classical right leaning, who are still very much Islamophobic, uh, 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 you basically, yeah, you, we're basically talking about 40, maybe 45% of the electorate. So I don't see them winning this year, uh, but we, we, we obviously need to take into consideration the fact that I do believe that the main ideas of Zemmour are still being implemented under Macron policies. So the fact that we are a civilizational threat, a security threat to, uh, to the nation, uh, the fact that Islam in the end is going to lead to some kind of uh, uh, violence and insurrection. This is something that is being tackled by the systematic obstruction policy established by Macron. So this is something that we should bear in mind. And however, I, I, I also believe that Islamophobia is going to uh, is going to deepen. I believe in the in the years to, in the years that are coming because of because of so many factors because we are coming uh, 
because the, the pandemic is going to end. So there's going to, there is uh, an economical crisis. If there's an economical crisis, we know that one of the key consequences is more discrimination. So in France, it's going to mean more Islamophobia. So it means that we are even more the reason why France is not as powerful, mighty, and whatever. So uh, in the last, in the next five years, I do believe that the the resentment may very well deepen. And if it does, then uh, the far right electorate is going to be, may increase in the end. Uh, we need to take into consideration the fact that uh, it's been basically 20 years of the war on terror. So those who were the generation that was uh, nurtured by the narratives on Muslims and Islam, they're now going to vote. <laughs> and if you look at some polls, uh, if you look at uh, basically that specific generation, uh, those who were born in uh, 2001, 2002, or even those who were born in the 90s, right? Those who were uh, uh, teenagers when the war on terror uh, uh, started, uh, they're basically voting for the far right. The main party that is uh, uh, represented is the far right, is Marine Le Pen. And it's only, it's not surprising in the end, because you fostered an entire generation with uh, resentment, with very strong uh, uh, Islamophobic narratives. So in the end, it's it's only natural that these people are going to uh, uh, promote and validate these kind of narratives. You know, Macron is horrifying, but it's a horrifying thought to feel that to think that someone like Zemmour could could take the presidency, um, and that tells you a lot about the domestic. Uh, opinion, I think, in France and where it's moving. The direction of travel is moving in his and Marine Le Pen's direction rather than away from that, right? And and we see that the left is is losing ground uh, in in French electoral politics. I want to end by by asking you a personal question, Rayan. I mean, you advocate for Muslims in France. You've written this report, and you know you've uh, uh, you've very very openly. Um, uh, you know, work to defend uh, the Muslim community. But for from your side, for you and your family, um, do you ever wonder whether France is is your future and whether you should, you know, you should leave the country and and like many Muslims in in you know in your uh, uh, in your generation who are moving to Turkey and or UAE or Dubai, whatever, right? Um, do you ever feel that? Um, you know, enough's enough from your side, and it's now time to move on. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's obviously a question that I'm that I'm asking myself. Uh, and uh, when I was writing the report, uh, the question uh, arose in my mind, basically each and every day, <laughs> because I was like, okay, if that's the situation, then at some point. But it's actually a very, uh, it's a very, uh, let's say, religious question in the end, because it's something that we should ask ourselves. The, the, the main point of our existence is to worship Allah So that's the that's the key point. Can you uh, 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 can you worship Allah And if you are in a place where worshiping Allah is so difficult and is actually uh, uh, trying to hinder you in any way possible, then I mean, France is not the earth, right? <laughs> So at some point you you have to ask yourself the question and uh, and yeah I think I from a personal standpoint I I answered it and I don't see France as my as my personal future uh, uh, I'm not trying to even though I wrote the report I'm, I'm no scholar I'm not 
so I don't, this is my personal answer. I'm not trying, to, I don't want to mislead uh, <laughs> an entire community telling them what they should do. I'm, I'm, I'm not a leader, I'm not a, I'm not a religious leader, I'm not a scholar. So this is a very, uh, this is a personal answer that I have. But yeah, for sure, uh, because then the question is, it's okay, it's about me, but it's also about the future generations. So do I want, uh, I, I don't have children, but if, if at some point I have some, uh, do I want them, what am I going to do? Am I going to send them to a secular school where you can't pray, where uh, uh, you're not going to, talk to, going to be taught about the deen, where there are basically all the mosques that are left are basically run by the state? Is it still a mosque? Uh, 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 <laughs> I can't send you to an Islamic school because they don't exist or if they exist they are basically being raided each and every week uh, do I want that? so uh, this is uh, this is a key question that, that that we are basically that we have to ask ourselves all the time and from my personal standpoint yeah I don't see my future because uh, uh, again at some point uh, we are trying to hold accountable uh, the state for its crimes, but we also need to to remind ourselves that we are going to be held accountable at some point when we're going to be resurrected. We're going to be asked some some tough questions, and uh, we better ask the, the, ourselves the tough questions right now and try to find the correct answer right now, and not just avoid them. And then at some point, uh, because at some point we'll have to answer, <laughs> and it's better to answer right now than to answer. Uh, 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 in the next life, inshallah. So, so yeah. Rayan, it's uh, it's been a pleasure speaking to you today. May Allah make it easy for you and your family. Actually, may, maybe there is one last question. What can we do as uh, Muslims beyond France, Muslims in a Muslim world? You know, we did see uh, after the Samuel Patti killing and, and the atrocious statements of um, uh, your president, we saw that around the world there was an an outpouring of emotion against French policies towards the Muslim community. Even uh, we had uh, campaigns to uh, to remove French products from uh, the shelves of of um, uh, of many of the supermarkets and shops around the Muslim world. Uh, I think that was short lived, and it didn't seem like it it continued for for longer. But is something like that a a, a coherent answer to this problem from a from our sort of solidarity perspective. Yeah, I, I do believe this to be a, a potential uh, uh, answer, a potential efficient answer, because I do believe that uh, the state, the French state is trying to promote a certain, uh, a, a certain vision, right? They are trying to promote uh, an idea that France is promoting and respecting human rights, that there's no issues with minorities, no systemic discrimination, no systemic Islamophobia, and so on and so forth. Why are they doing that? They're doing that because, again, because of the strategical downgrade. You cannot afford to have a bad reputation. You're already on the decline. But if now you also have a bad reputation, then for sure it's basically over. <laughs> so you're going to face uh, some boycotts. You're going to face... Uh, 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 difficult diplomatic relations with other key nations in the world. So you can't afford that. So the best way to actually, uh, uh, let's say, protect us is to make sure that their, uh, their image uh, should, be, uh, should be the correct one. No, France is not a state that uh, uh, respects minorities. 
It's absolutely not a state that respects uh, Muslim rights, for sure. It's a state that is officially Islamophobic, that is implementing official policies that are completely Islamophobic, and that actually uh, only describe a proper Islamophobic persecution. The idea of the report is to make sure that people understand that it's so bad that it's actually a form of persecution. So uh, if people understand that, then you'll have a correct understanding uh, of, of the French picture. And once you have that, then for sure you can take a, a, a piece for uh, uh, political actions that are going to uh, uh, hold the state accountable. That's basically uh, uh, the only thing that could in the end, I mean, international pressure that could in the end maybe uh, 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 trigger some kind of reform uh, uh, in France. That's uh, that's my personal belief. I, I do believe that internally, domestically, uh, uh, there's some work to be done, but in the end, it's absolutely not, uh, uh, it's nearly not enough. We really need uh, uh, international pressure and international solidarity from the, from the community. And that's basically something that is always, I mean, it's always the case. <laughs> if you look at our history, that's not only something that comes from our principles. It's if you, uh, I'm not going to quote the, the hadith from the Prophet Sallallahu when he uh, uh, compared the entire ummah to a body, right? But everyone knows it. But then you actually have to, uh, to implement it from a purely strategical standpoint. We still are one ummah. We're always going to be one ummah, whether they believe it or not, whether we feel it or not, we still are one ummah. And that actually means that in order to revive justice and divine justice, you have to uh, not only show solidarity, that's great, obviously, but you also have to take some kind of steps, skillful steps, you don't have to do some crazy stuff, in order to put some pressure. And I re you, 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 uh, you greatly reminded me of what happened right after the Samuel Patti murder and the cartoons and the blasphemous cartoons of the prophets or Islam. We actually saw that France felt so insecure that the actual president, Macron, went to Al Jazeera in order to address that because he understood that this is a key moment in history. We can't afford to have a bad reputation because if that happens, the strategical downgrade is just, uh, is just basically happening and it's over for us. So the more we, we highlight what they're doing, the more, inshallah, we, uh, we can hope for, uh, for some change, inshallah. Inshallah, inshallah. Jazakallah khair, Brother Rehan, for your time today. Jazakallah khair, thank you so much for your invitation. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.